Have you ever looked at someone thriving in their business and wondered, how did they do it? Have you ever thought that you can't have mental health and success? Have you doubted your own ability to create a financially thriving career that still has your well-being at the forefront? Well, welcome to the Boardroom Brain Podcast, where we tackle those very questions. I'm Dr. Lauren Cook, and I'm a clinical psychologist and speaker that takes you behind the business and inside the minds of today's most successful and personally thriving leaders. We're taking a look at our guests' secrets to success, how they bounce back when they've been knocked down, and what advice they have for you. Oh, and I've got another motive too. As a clinician and company consultant who frequently sees employees struggling mentally and knocking on the door of burnout, I'm invested in having conversations about how we can bring more wellness into company culture. I wanna make sure that everyone has the absolute best work experience that we all can have. And I believe that includes making sure our businesses are invested in their employees as people, not just as time card stampers and payroll lists. So get excited to listen, learn, and leverage your own leadership skills. These conversations will help you tap into your own bravery while helping you reprioritize your sense of well-being, both at work and when you're off the clock. So step inside the conference room with me and welcome to the boardroom. Your brain is about to get a major bonus. Hello, everyone. Welcome so much to the Boardroom Brain Podcast today. You are going to love today's guest. Let me tell you all about her. South Asian American CEO and founder of Silk and Sonder, Meha Agrawal, an alum of Goldman Sachs, The Muse, and Stitch Fix, and she's a Tory Burch Fellow, became immersed in the world of technology, consumer products, and entrepreneurship, leading her to launch her own startup, Silk and Sonder, a subscription-based mental wellness journaling experience for the modern woman that's rooted in self-care and community. After working on Silk and Sonder nights and weekends as a side hustle, Meha launched the Analog First Community-Driven Program, which is rooted in principles of positive psychology. Silk and Saunders' mission is to solve the emotional health epidemic for their customers versus being in a Band-Aid fix. At its core, Silk and Saunders is a space for mindfulness, journaling, planning, tracking, and creative expression all in one. Uh, I want to sign up right now. <laughs> I've been a big fan of your work for a long time, Neha, and I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, well, let's dive right in. I've got all kinds of questions for you today. I just, I love your entrepreneurial spirit, you know, in starting Silk and Sonder. I first heard about your company. I got asked to write a few blog posts and, and contribute in that way. And so that's when I became familiar with your work. And I, I thought, wow, this is an incredible concept. And, and we'll be sure to include in the show notes so people can get themselves signed up. But clearly you saw a problem, you know, and you wanted to do something about it. I'm really curious what compelled you to start your company and, and how's the journey been so far? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think when I look back, I didn't really know that being a CEO or an entrepreneur was even a career path for me. I mean, I grew up South Asian American. My dad's a professor. Um, and so for me, it was really be an engineer, be a doctor, be a lawyer, or be an academic. And so uh, what happened was after studying computer science and business at USC, I went out to New York. I worked for Goldman Sachs. And of course, waking up with anxiety all the time. And that was my first real experience of being that far outside my comfort zone and needing to react to my emotional health changes, right? I was in a new city. I was far away from family. And I remember 
having these one-on-one meeting blocks with myself. I would just schedule it in my calendar and almost pretend to be taking notes on on an upcoming project. But what I was doing was really just processing my feelings and and kind of taking pen to paper there, but I wasn't journaling at the time. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first reactive experience to dealing with my own emotional health. And then after that, you know, I, I joined the muse. I, I fell in love with this idea of starting a company or starting a project mm-hmm. that was very, very exciting to see. I was, I was a third engineer and eighth employee. And so working alongside the co-founders really gave me a preview into what building a scrappy startup is all about. And that's what confirmed, whoa, you have the entrepreneurial bug in you. It's time to fix it. So I moved out to San Francisco, worked at Stitch Fix. And that's ultimately what led me to start Silk and Sonder because I had, again, put band-aids on my quarter life crises of sorts. <laughs> you know, every, every couple of years I was finding a new job, but I was still trapped in a software engineering role and I wanted to get out of it. And so at the time, while I was at Stitch Fix, I built this facade for myself that life was great. I was dating a new guy. I was in a new city in San Francisco. I was working you know, at, at a company on the verge of going public, but I was waking up anxious. I was going to bed stressed. Couldn't really pinpoint what was off. And ultimately, you know, coaching is great, but it's expensive. Therapy is intimidating to navigate sometimes, or at least it was for me. And self-help books were inspiring, but they lacked accountability. Meditation, quite frankly, was boring and it just didn't work for my brain. And so for me, grudgingly, I brought pen to paper again, but this time more proactively. So every morning I was waking up five minutes a day, I was like, what is this gratitude nonsense? Like, I don't have time for all the stuff that positive psychology is trying to teach, teach me, but I noticed this magical shift to my emotional health. And that's when I knew we needed a science-backed approach to mental wellness that was also rooted in, um, you know, not just principles of science, but is also driven by community. And that is what led to the genesis of Silk and Sonder um, and what kicked off my nights and weekends project that led to where we are today. Oh, it, it's so inspiring. And I love how you thought about your own pain point, right? And noticing that anxiety come up for yourself and you really use that evidence-backed tools. Uh, positive psychology, Martin Seligman, I'm sure we could talk all yes. day about <laughs> the incredible work in the field of positive psychology. And I love too that there's really this active approach to it that you're bringing to people. We know that people learn more when they actually physically handwrite something mm-hmm. and your journals that you have, it's, it's just really cool. I'm curious how you're seeing the work make an impact for folks uh, who are using your services. Yeah, it's, it's so humbling. You know, I, I just think back to when I started Silk and Sonder and uh, started to talk to my customers and opened up a community forum for them to engage, not just with me as a brand, me and the brand, but also with each other. Mm-hmm. And what was fascinating was I thought I was building a tool for women like me and you, right? Coastal cities, edu- like super educated, super ambitious, but ultimately this has been a tool tool that has helped tens of thousands of women all across the country from totally different walks of life. So we have people, you know, older than 60 using Silk and Sonder, younger than 20 using Silk and Sonder. And I think the versatility of the product was really, really empowering to see. But more importantly, it was the fact that I created a safe space with our community, which allowed people to be vulnerable and authentic. I mean, people, one of our first customers, Megan, um, 
who's still with us today, she told me that she was struggling with ADHD. And this is a tool that really helped her was very exciting to look forward to every single month. And, you know, that story wasn't just hers. There were people with chronic illness, surviving cancer, dealing with grief, as well as the people who are just using it as a productivity tool. And I think that ability that reach to solve a problem that I didn't go out to solve was I think what I'm what I'm most um, just proud of and 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 excited to see how we continue to evolve with our customer as, as she evolves yeah you should be you should be I mean it's transformative and what I love about it too is it is so accessible right I mean I talk about that even as a clinical psychologist therapy is expensive right and therapy's 50 minutes a week maybe some people yeah. see a therapist yeah. every other week or once a yeah. month this is a daily accountability a daily check-in with yourself where people get that real-time data of wow look at how this work is really yeah. impacting my mood really really cool stuff and I'm curious to hear about your experience too as as a woman of color and how Silk and Sonder is really finding a way to reach different marginalized populations who maybe haven't had as many touch points or opportunities to connect with these resources before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think just being uh, a woman of color and and having the influence I get to have is really exciting. I think, you know, you you take challenges and you make them into opportunities. So I grew up you know, predominantly in a Caucasian neighborhood. And so I learned early on, you know, shifting the mindset from I don't belong to I belong and I get to educate people who don't look like me and maybe don't come from the same background as me. And that is exactly the approach I took with uh, with Silk and Sonder. So not just in terms of diversity of our investor roster, but also in terms of our communities. I mean, there's diversity in race, of course, but there's also diversity in age and socioeconomic status in upbringing and values and in background. And I think I think I get to do that because I have the superpower of being able to connect with people regardless of who they are and where they come from. And I have to say that probably is because I am a woman of color and I grew up in that kind of uh, neighborhood and access. And so I think uh, for me, you know, in addition to empowering other South Asian female founders or uh, customers, I understand the the. I guess the power of how you can connect communities of people who are different from one another and they're able to connect in spite of those differences as opposed to only finding people just like themselves. And so it's been really humbling to be able to educate the community and also learn from the community because we have such a um, you know vast uh, difference in, in who our members are and where they come from. Oh, that's that's really wonderful. And I love that you speak to that diversity is so many different components, right? All those intersectional identities. And it sounds like you're really offering so much to everybody where they can tap into it in different ways, in a, in a way that works for each person. Now, let's talk about the skeptics. I know I've encountered them. I don't know if you have, but I hear a lot of times from people, from clients even, Oh, journaling is hard, you know, practicing that mindfulness, a general self-care practice. They have trouble with the habit of it. And so I'm curious what advice you have for those folks who are maybe a little hesitant to pick up this self-care practice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we have plenty of those. I mean, I was one of those, so I can deeply empathize with, oh, this isn't going to work for me. Oh my God, this is a waste of time. I don't know if it's working. I'm trying and it's not working. And what I tell, you know, members or skeptics, it's it's a couple of things, right? You know, you go for your annual checkup, 
But when it comes to your emotional health, it's always reactive. It's when we feel pain or loss or grief that we're suddenly like, oh, I got to, I got to prioritize this. And so for me, I talk about it as a muscle you're trying to strengthen. So that way, when life hits you in the face, hopefully it doesn't, but when it does, you are ready to go. You're able to proactively deal with that situation, or at least go to the tools or the communities you need to, in order to navigate that tough time. And also self-discovery, self-awareness, it's an ongoing process and it's so fun. I mean, you get to unlock parts of you that you have been keeping away for decades because of what society does to us and our brains. And I think, I think it's just a joy to see how much is possible in just five minutes a day. And what I always tell our customers is that Silk and Saunder, yes, the journal has a bunch of activities for you to, you know, engage with. The app has a bunch of features for you to engage with, but it's it's a, it's a tool set. You don't have to use every single tool at every single moment. You get to decide what you need. It's, it's kind of a choose your own adventure sort of thing, but the trick is start small. And we know this with James Clear's research on habit formation, right? Silk and Saunder and and journaling as a habit is A, it's scientific, you know, it's going to work, but B, you're going to see impact and compounding, you know, effects to your emotional health. If you just do five minutes a day, even if you write one thing you're grateful for every single day, that is going to have a win if you do it consistently. And if you drop off, give yourself grace. We're human. You know, it's like going to the gym. You're not going to do every single workout class, every single weight thing out there or cardio, God forbid, you know, like you're not going to do it all, but just by showing up and building that into your routine, you're already going to feel better. So I think that is, that is how I see it. And that's what I tell customers. And then I, I will add the second secret sauce around it is accountability is everything. So Silk and Saunders, of course, your life accountability partner, but the magic behind Silk and Saunders is the community you get access to. And I'm not just talking about any other Facebook group. This is a very engaged, loyal customer base that is cheering you on, that is building you up. And it's just so special. You feel supported. And oftentimes you're not alone. What you're dealing with, somebody else has been through and they can impart some wisdom, which no other mental wellness option really has. And so I think that's that's what's really special and and helps with um, some of the skeptics that need a little (laughs) bit more pushing. (laughs) I love that. Well, and I I wouldn't be surprised. I bet you have people who meet each other through the Silk and Sunder community who go on and develop friendships for years to come, especially people feeling so isolated these days. What a really cool thing to offer people. Uh, Wow. I I think (laughs) we're going to have some people signing up back here. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. Uh, Myself included. (laughs) You know, one thing I'm really passionate about as a provider is helping companies, you know, ensure that, that wellness is a part of the workplace. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I see people doing a lot of great personal work, but sometimes they feel like they can't bring that wellness work to the workplace. And here you are a business owner, you lead an incredible team. I'm curious how you integrate wellness, you know, not just for your customers, but also for the team that you've built at Silk and Sonder too. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think there's a couple of things. Uh, one of the things that was really important to me before even hiring anyone onto the team was to understand what are the core values that I want to bring into this business. And to be honest, many of them are my own personal core values. I really care about thinking outside the box, spreading energy that uplifts one another, um, you know, really thinking about uh, the fact that I, I just 
adore scrappy but not sloppy work, right? And I think part of that is making sure that you give the space for people to be themselves and not take themselves too seriously. And I think the problem with work-life balance is you take a lot of work home, but you don't always bring home into work. And so how do we create that safe space where people can say, having a little bit of a rough day, but tomorrow I'm going to show up tenfold. Today, you're not going to get my best work, but tomorrow I'm going to show up tenfold, right? And how do you really align people to the mission-oriented piece or the mission and purpose around your company so that they see the direct impact of their work and suddenly work and play become one, right? And I think that is, that's one way, right? Just selfishly as a business owner, I think that's, that's a great way to motivate teams. I think the other piece is really understanding that wellness looks and feels a little bit different for everybody, right? And so in our case, I'm very honest when I say that wellness and performance are both two sides of the same coin at Silk and Sonder, right? We we all share this desire to achieve and to impact lives. And so how do we make sure that we're supporting our team members to be able to take ownership on projects where they drive results and they see the, the impact they have on customers? I think that's that's a truly rewarding experience. And then also, you know, figuring out what are the fun activities that we can integrate. So some of what we practice and preach is around uh, life coaching activities. So when we have our team offsites, we do things like the life map or the vision board and our customers also some, or not our customers, our team members also attend uh, events with our customers that uh, our community events team hosts. And that's a bunch of Sonder socials, we call them. And so, you know, we, we have those pieces where customers get to engage with the product at work during work hours. And I think that is very unique and special to what we're building and the growth mindset, which is what we, what we teach our members that is integrated into everything we do at Silk and Sonder. And I think you'll only survive as a team member at Silk and Sonder if you are invested in your own personal growth, not just professional. Yes. Yes. That growth mindset. Yes. We're moving away from the, <laughs> and you know, I hear in that too, it's, a, it's a walk the walk. It's not just a talk the talk. Yeah. And, and I imagine you have people who are drawn to be a part of your team because they care so much about wellness and they're yeah. invested in it. So really, really cool stuff. Curious for you. Let's talk about the entrepreneurial piece, right? Cause yeah. I don't know about you, but I see a lot of conversation on TikTok and Instagram about quit your job, become an entrepreneur. You and I are both entrepreneurs. We're both business owners. It's not always easy. Like, like <laughs> I joke, like you think you're going to have flexibility as an entrepreneur, but a lot of times like you're actually working constantly. Yep, yep. So I'm curious what advice you have for people who are maybe listening, they're interested in pursuing the entrepreneurial journey. Obviously there's great things about it, some challenges about it. I'm curious what's maybe surprised you in your personal yeah. entrepreneurial journey. Absolutely. I mean, I think the first thing I wish someone had told me early on is when you tell your friends and family that you want to start a business of your own, they're all going to say, oh, that's a great idea, but why? Right? Because you're just cut from a different cord and you've got to accept it. And if you have the entrepreneurial bug, if you really feel not like yourself when you're going to your nine to five desk job, just honor that, right? And I think that's something I kind of learned the hard way. And I was always looking for validation from others and permission from others. And it's like, you don't need anyone's permission. The other thing they don't tell you is, yes, there is a financial risk 
to starting your business. And that financial risk looks different for different people. And you have to embrace that. Some people are not ready to quit their jobs. You have to make ends meet to be happy, right? There's no right way. And some people say, oh, you've got to quit and be a hundred percent. Otherwise you're not a real entrepreneur. No, you can, you can take baby steps. Mm -hmm. And I think the piece that's missing though is, you know, nobody ever talks about the emotional risk of not trying. You've built the safety net. If you have been lucky enough to have a job or you have friends that have jobs, you have your network to go back to if the entrepreneurial path doesn't work for you. But the emotional risk of not taking that or trying is far larger than any financial risk you're going to face. And so figure out how to hedge your bets on on the, the financial piece you know, what do you need to feel sane while you're working on your side hustle or your full-time hustle? Um, and that could be consulting or whatever it might be. So I think, I think that's a very practical advice I would give anybody who's considering starting something of their own. The second is, you know, entrepreneur, the roller coaster is like, I mean, (laughs) it's like way, way more than anything I've been on in Six Flags or Magic Mountain, right? It's like, It's crazy. And I do think it is lonely at times, Mm -hmm. but you can have your support squad, right? I can call you up and and ask how it's going. Go to your problem solvers, right? Don't, don't go to your friends and family who aren't doing this. They're not going to know how to solve your problems, but your fellow founders and your fellow entrepreneurs will, and they like that stuff, right? They feed off of problem solving. And so I think it's really creating that support network. And so for me, I think you just have to be ready to be a not fighting fires, but solving problems. You should be able to see challenges as opportunities and learnings. If you're getting sucked into this sucks and I hate it and I wish I had more structure, maybe entrepreneurship isn't the right path because you have to be disciplined on creating structure for yourself. Yeah. Um, so I think those are, those are the main pieces, but I think the biggest advice is go for it. Like, don't doubt yourself, just try worst case. You're not a failure if it doesn't work out. You now know that that's not your calling, right? So I think, I think it's 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 a mix of those those pieces. Oh, that's all such great advice. And I love you know the both end that you're speaking to. I have a lot of clients where yeah, you're still at your nine to five and you're starting to still develop your business, and that's a good way to dip your your foot into the pool. But that piece that you speak about of is that regret going to be there for you if you live your life and you never pursued that dream? If you have to turn that stone over, you got to turn that stone over. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really cool how you actually went for it and it's become something incredible. One thing we talk about a lot on this show is this concept of resilience and bouncing back. You know, inevitably we face roadblocks. I think we all have, especially these last two years. I'm curious about for you, if you're open to sharing about a roadblock or a challenge you've you've faced and how you tap into your own resilience when it gets hard. You know, what's so funny is it almost becomes a muscle that you don't even realize you're flexing. When I think back, I'm like, oh, that was a challenge. That was a failure. I didn't even realize it because you're just naturally, you know, bouncing back all the time and thinking about what do you do next? What, you know, what's the contingency plan? I mean, the most obvious one, like many other entrepreneurs was during um, the pandemic. So we had been alive as a business, but I hadn't quite uh, hired anyone to my full-time team. And I just remember not knowing anything and people were really, you know, warning me that you've got to have a contingency plan in place. What if the supply chain dies? What if you can't have your journals, all this stuff. And so I just remember 
almost proactively practicing that resilience and that uh, in that we were set up for what is the communication strategy if we're not able to give the physical product can we do a PDF you know I think there were there were plans in place and then on the reactive side I mean there have been some unfortunate situations with past employees that I, I didn't expect right and I think I think uh, you just learn to bounce back up, give yourself grace, give them grace, you know, and I think those are the types of situations where it's very human, but it's also very uh, necessary to be resilient and to move on and to move past the mistakes that you might've made. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think about that even recently. I don't know if you're watching the Olympics. I'm like all sucked in right now with that, but looking at like Michaela Schifrin, right? Like her first two races didn't finish, but wow, the, she gets back out there and she does it again. And it reminds me so much of being a business owner too. Sometimes we got to just dust the snow off. And totally. Keep I mean, even with what's happening in, in paid social land with, with Facebook, it's not just Silk and Sonder, but there's so many businesses that are having to rethink their marketing plan and their channel mix. And I think it's a blessing in disguise for many of us, right? Because you get overly reliant on one way, but it's an opportunity as a as an innovator to think of what do we need to do that's outside the box or maybe very basic to marketing, you know, that we didn't think about for for a long time. And so yeah, it is. I think resilience is all about just finding the opportunity or the gift in every challenge and sometimes it's hard. Call in your lifelines and figure it out. Oof. People are going to replay that. Easier <laughs> said than done. You know, sometimes you have to put things to rest, but I, I do think, I do think there's a gift, right? You're headed in the right direction. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, and you're, you're steeped in this work, Miha. I mean, this is your day to day. I'm curious, what do you do for yourself to foster <laughs> your own sense of well-being? I'm sure you get asked this question a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things I think I've learned that I love what I do. And I remember, you know, people would almost shame me for working on the weekends or, or checking my phone or my email. And I, I realized I had to almost create this reverse boundary for myself and tell people, Hey, when you pick a job that you like and you get to run your own company and you have a team you love and customers you love, it doesn't feel like work anymore. So stop telling me I'm working too much because I enjoy what I do. Would you tell me that if I was playing outside, you know, no. So I think, I think just like acknowledging that for me, my fun is often getting that space on the weekends to just think and innovate and, you know, whiteboard um, and come really refreshed on Monday. So that's something that is a core value of mine, which is thinking outside the box and being really curious. So that manifests in not just work stuff, but also in reading and listening to podcasts. And um, I love like Pilates and dance. And so whenever I get a chance, that's something I do for myself, but I'm very, very disciplined about my morning routine. And that is something that I take very seriously. I never wake up to an alarm clock. I put a little bit of essential oil in the morning. I free write journal. I plan my day. I, um, you know, if I get time, I'll, I'll listen to a podcast before taking any other meetings. And I think for me, that is my space, my time. And I like to wake up and have that. And I think that is, that is what I do for myself. And then I also indulge in a deep tissue massage once a month yes. and a pedicure. So those are like the indulgent self-care activities that I still, still very much do. I'm right there with you. The deep tissue massage. Oh, it's everything. I know. Except I, for when they tell you, oh, there's a lot of stress. And I'm like, yeah, it's not going away. <laughs> I, every month. 
it seems to get worse. I don't know why that is. <laughs> yeah. It's funny with so many of the guests we've had on, there's been a consistent morning routine. A lot of people exercise in the morning. I'm not hearing much TV, you know, it's yep. real just clear headed time to be with ourselves and, and mm -hmm. plan for the day. So it sounds like that's you too. Yeah. All right. Here's the, the big question that we always wrap up for everybody. No pressure on this one. Mayha, what do you hope your legacy will be with the work you're doing? And just oh, who you are. <laughs> that's a great question. Um, I think the legacy that I want to leave behind is the power that we all hold when we show up for ourselves for just five minutes a day, what the ripple effect it has to our families, our friends, our colleagues, and our communities, and ultimately the world. And I just imagine if everybody just took five to 30 minutes a day for themselves to tinker with a problem they're curious about, to be more creative, to you know read more, whatever it might be, small or big, what that ripple domino effect has to our entire world because we're just waking up happier and more fulfilled. Um, so I think, I think it really is when people think of feeling better or just feeling an ounce happier, they think of Silk and Sonder because that's the toolkit to, to use to get there. And then I think separate from that, and it's tough, I'm not going to lie. I think it's, it's challenging, you know, starting a company in the pandemic, but I do think that I would love to leave a legacy behind for the type of company culture that we're building in which we're celebrating ambition in our employees. We're encouraging innovation from them. It's not just a top-down, you know, idea generation. It's, it's an idea meritocracy where we're coming to the table, you know, fresh with, with, with ideas and, and creating a place where you get to be having fun while working. And that's the new work-life balance as opposed to work at work life at home. It's how do we kind of mesh it in a way that's healthy, but energizing for our teams? Yeah. Ooh, that is so good. It sounds <laughs> like you really are creating a space where people can get into flow, right? I'm sure we could talk more about all the research behind flow, but you know, where people really can just sink in, get creative with the work that they're doing. That's so good for our brain health. And you're, you're creating that not just for your team, but for your customers as well. Yeah. Oh, Wow. I'm energized. I want to go to <laughs> now. Um, okay. Tell us where people can get in touch with you with Silk and Sonder. Give us all the goods. Yes. Okay. Awesome. You can get in touch with me by DMing me at Neha Agrawal. So we can hopefully leave that in the show notes. You can get in touch with Silk and Sonder. Hello at silkandsonder.com or follow us on all the social channels at Silk and Sonder. Um, in terms of getting a little sneak peek into Silk and Sonder, there are a couple ways. So if you're ready to commit, which I hope you are, you can join Silk and Sonder as a monthly or quarterly or annual subscriber by visiting us at silkandsonder.com. But if you're not quite ready or you want to see what this whole community thing is about, what these daily audio rituals are about, daily affirmations, what this holistic experience looks like, you can download our app in both the Play Store and the App Store um, and get a little preview into what we're all about. And I hope to meet many of you in Sonder Club, our community soon. Oh, 
Wow. Well, like I said, I think people are going to be excited <laughs> as they're listening to this. There's such a need for it. And even if there wasn't a need from these last two years, it's so proactive and preventative, this work that you're doing. So you. uh, what an honor to have you on the show. We were talking about before we hit record too, fellow Trojan. Yes, fight uh, on. <laughs> I know, fight on. I love it. I love it. I am so glad our paths have crossed in this way. Maya, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Take good care. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of the Boardroom Brain Podcast. Let's cultivate those networking skills starting today. Share this episode with someone who could benefit from listening and leave a comment and review to let me know what you think. Subscribe to get all the latest episodes and don't hesitate to tell me who you'd love to hear on the podcast. Don't forget that you're always welcome to watch the YouTube version of these episodes as well if you'd like to experience this conversation visually. I always welcome your feedback and I hope today's dialogue sparked your own insights. Here's to fostering those healthy brains both in the boardroom and beyond.